Thank you for listening to the City Lights podcast. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. We hope you enjoy the message. Yeah, just the sweet time. And I loved that sometimes the gifts of the Spirit, they seem like forceful and like whatever. It was just so um, gentle. Like the, 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 um, the tongue and the interpretation of the tongue is just very gentle in line with everything the Lord is doing this morning. The season, I just, yeah, rest. Rest, it's just, God's doing something with rest today, man. We've just been through the ringer this year, haven't we? <laughs> and God wants us to rest in his presence. He's got it, you guys. Um, next Sunday, um, we're kind of kicking off the Christmas season. Um, we're going to be celebrating um, our first week of Advent. What is Advent? The definition of Advent is this, the arrival of a noble person, thing, or event. In the case of Christianity, Advent is the four Sundays leading up to Christmas and it's uh, a time of just preparing one's heart for the Christmas season. So four Sundays leading up, there's different themes every week. We're going to be kicking that off um, next Sunday. Um, I don't think we'll have the Christmas decorations up yet, but that'll be coming as well. So you'll, you'll see things start to change around here and we'll get some Christmas decorations up. It's going to be an amazing thing. But speaking of Christmas decorations, there's two types of people in this world. <laughs> those who do Christmas decorations before Thanksgiving and those who do Christmas decorations after Thanksgiving. I did a little survey on Instagram on Friday to find out the ratio, the percentage of uh, people who are pre-Thanksgiving and post-Thanksgiving. And so, by the way, let's do it real quick here. How many would say you're, you're a pre-Thanksgiving Christmas decorator? Put your hand up. Okay. This year, okay. Okay, I, yeah, this year I understand that. Okay, now how many would say you're a post-Thanksgiving person? Okay, that's about, that's about how the survey shook out. Uh, it was 56% for post-Thanksgiving and 44% for pre-Thanksgiving. So um, I personally am a, I'm a, I'm a post-Thanksgiving guy. Now, I like Christmas. I love Christmas. But too much of a good thing can be bad. And if you think about it, if you decorate at the beginning of November, like one-sixth of the year you've got Christmas decorations up. And it's just an oversaturation of a good thing. But I don't know if you're aware of this. Go ahead and put up that picture. I don't know if you're aware of this, but for every light lit before Thanksgiving, an elf kills a baby reindeer. <laughs> the blood is on your hands. The blood is on your hands. All right. <clears throat> this week, um, I'm going to talk about, this week is Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving has come up. Um, this week, and I want to talk about thankfulness, all right? The title of my message today is called Gratitude Killers. What are the things in our lives that kill gratitude? Um, someone might say, Pastor Kurt, why don't you do a deep message? Why don't you do a deep spiritual message? Listen, this is a spiritual message. To be thankful and have a, cultivate a heart of thankfulness before the Lord is a, a very deep and very spiritual message. Uh, 2020 has been a insane year for all of us. None of us have been exempt from just a weird year in general. Um, I have a video that I think will um, illustrate how 2020 has been weird. So um, go ahead and go ahead and roll that video.
like the crisis has gone around you and then all of a sudden boom that's what 2020 has been like for many of us and because of that there's a temptation to kind of view this year only through how hard it's been and forget and lose sight of all the blessings that we have really living in a blessed country in the United States in 2020 is amazing. If you think about through the course of history, how people survived, period, um, is a miracle. We live in a blessed country, and there's a temptation to get our eyes off of all the amazing things that God has done for us. Um, So this year, more than ever, I think we need, you and I need to have some intentionality when it comes to being thankful. Um, If you're like me, I'm kind of a fixer. I see, if I see something that's out of place, I like to fix things. In fact, I'll walk into a room, everything in that room will be great. Like everything's perfect, and I'll notice the one picture that's slightly askew. You know, sometimes I'll come to church and, you know, you know one thing on the stage will be out of place, and I'm like, I can't focus on God because I'm looking at that one thing. If you're like me, I'm kind of like that. And 2020, there's been so many opportunities, there's been so many things wrong with the year that there's a temptation to look at all the problems and not focus on the blessings, the amazing blessings that we have. Um, uh, I'll give you an illustration of this, if you're like this. Um, How many of you are at a job where you have an annual review? They sit down with you, they do the annual review. Now, they always put something in there that's positive. Hey, here's what you're doing good. And then inevitably, they have to say something like that you can improve upon, right? Here's, Here's your opportunities. Here's the things you can improve upon. Which, let me ask you a question. Which one of those two items do you lose sleep over? Right? The one they said you're doing a good job in, or like, here's where you could use some improvement, right? You're going to think about and remember the negative thing. I don't know if that's human nature, that we kind of just gravitate towards the problem, and we forget about the good things that maybe were said about us, okay? So, listen, humans, you, you... By the way, if you're watching online, you're at home, and if you, have, if you have a prayer request or anything going on, put that in the chat. We will be sure to pray for you during this service. We have people watching that and monitoring that. But you at home, you guys here, you were designed to acknowledge the blessings of the Lord. You were, you were designed to acknowledge your creator and to acknowledge the blessings of the Lord. To be thankful is to be in line with your created purpose. Okay, maybe things aren't working well in your life because you've lost sight of thankfulness. You were designed to be thankful. Our minds and our hearts are healthiest when we're thankful. Thankful people are healthy. They're healthier. They're happier. Why? Because that is in line with your created design. Do you want to do you struggle with depression? Do you struggle with unhappiness? One of the ways you can you can help that is by being more thankful for the things you do have. Okay, um, let me give you an illustration of this. Uh, go ahead and put up that, that picture of being in line with your creative design. Okay, this is a Porsche. Let me ask you a question. Is the Porsche designed for this situation? 
that this poor person has found themselves in. Okay, no, that car is not designed for a situation like that. You were not designed for unthankfulness. Okay, go ahead, go ahead and go to the next one. Okay, this is some mining equipment here, some mining tractor. Um, was this piece of equipment designed to be like a commuter car? I think some of you are thinking like, I wish that was my commuter car, because then I would just roll over people, right? But yeah, it's not going to get good gas mileage. It's not going to get through this one-way streets very well, right, in the city. Okay, it wasn't designed for that. Those cars clearly weren't designed for those situations. Here's the thing. You and I were created to acknowledge the blessings of God and be thankful for them, okay? It's a misuse of your design and my design not to be thankful for what God has given us. Let me show you this uh, through some scripture here. Uh, Romans chapter 1. Actually, if you read Romans chapter 1, it's really the state of humanity. It's kind of all-encompassing of the state of humanity. Where Paul is writing this beautiful letter leading us to faith righteousness. But Romans chapter 1 verse 20, it says this. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his, his eternal power, and divine nature have clearly been seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. Okay? What the Bible is saying here is that people should and can clearly see that there is a God simply by uh, um, observing the universe, simply by observing creation. Um, Psalms chapter 19, verses 1 through 4, it says this, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard in them. Yet their voice goes into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. Okay? Heavens declare that the glory of God. There is a God and that he should be acknowledged. He should be acknowledged in your life and in my life. Okay, this is for everyone. Everyone should see this. I don't, I don't care who you are. Everyone should know just by observing creation that there is a God and we should be thankful for the things he's given us. So watch this. Let's go back to Romans 1.20. For since the creation, the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have clearly been seen being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, verse 21, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Okay? First, they, they didn't acknowledge God. They didn't give thanks to him. What happened? Their, their thinking became futile, futile. Their foolish hearts were darkened. When people fail to acknowledge God, give him glory, and to be thankful, it leads to a downward spiral in our hearts and in our minds. It leads to a mind that thinks futile thoughts and is darkened. Uh, futile means incapable of producing any useful results. Okay, this is the downward spiral when we lose sight of thankfulness. Okay, if you keep reading, and uh, if you keep reading, reading in Romans chapter 1, it continues to outline a downward spiral that happens in people's minds and people's hearts. And it starts in the place of not acknowledging there is a creator or being thankful for what he has given us, okay? Thankfulness is a big deal for your mental health. Thankfulness is a big deal for your physical health, okay? You were created 
to be thankful. I want to propose to you that thankfulness can and will revolutionize your life. Okay? You'll be happier. You'll be healthier. All right. So how do we do this? Uh, I want to get, today, I want to highlight three gratitude killers and how to combat them. Okay? Three gratitude killers. This works if you're eight, and this works if you're 80. Okay? This is for everyone. There's something here for everyone. By the way, is... Um, is Jim in, in church today? Jim that turned 80 years old a couple, a couple weeks ago. I thought he was going to be in church today. I didn't see him. He's 80 years old. He jumped out of an airplane on his 80th birthday. How cool was that? And he lived. And he lived to tell about it. <clears throat> I thought he was going to be in church today. I was going to give him a shout out. But whether you're 8 or 80, thankfulness works for you. Okay, so what are the gratitude killers? Gratitude killer number one is entitlement. Okay, entitlement will kill joy and it will kill gratitude in your life. Getting caught up in what you think you deserve will lead you to a dissatisfied life. If you started this year off thinking you were entitled to an easy year, you were probably disappointed this year, right? And I want to issue a little bit of a warning. If you think you're entitled to an easy year next year because this one was hard, I just want to say that some of the problems we're facing today and problems you're facing will bleed over into next year. Don't think, hey, are we entitled to, a, to an easy 2021? I wish we were, but that's just not the case. Okay, John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus said this. He says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. In this world, he said amen. Yeah, it's true, though. Aren't you glad you came to church? This is a promise of God. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Okay, simple but true. This world, you're going to have problems. You're going to have problems. You know this, all right? Life is hard. You know this, all right? 2021, I'm not prophesying anything. It's going to, there's going to be problems. You're going to have things overcome. We're not entitled to an easy 2021. But we, check this out though, what we talked about here earlier. We do have the right to hear our Father's voice. We do have the right to walk with him and have peace. We can have peace. Even though we don't know what the future holds, we can absolutely have peace in, this, in any and every situation. <clears throat> Here's the deal. If you invited Jesus, and I think many times people come to the Lord, if you invited Jesus into your life to have a better day, you probably were signing up for some disappointment, okay? To be clear, your life is better with Jesus, okay? Life is definitely better with Jesus, but it's probably not for the reasons that you think, right? God doesn't come in our life and then all of a sudden all of our problems go away. We do have the peace of God. God walks with us. He does protect us. He does provide for us. Those things are all true, amen? But we don't invite him into our life just kind of like, oh, you know what? My life's kind of not good. I better invite Jesus to my life. Listen, that's not how it works, okay? He actually invites you to come die. (laughs) He invites you to come lay down your life. And sometimes I think in Christianity, we lose sight of that. He invites us to come die. And it's really not the real you anyway. That's the fake you. That Fake you dies and you are resurrected with Christ to become the real you, the you you were always created to be in the first place. Amen? So um, 
let me give you an example of this. In the Middle East, when people put their faith and trust in Jesus in many places in the world, those people, when they get baptized, immediately their families will disown them. So the, the, the decision to follow God in many parts of the world is immediate. You'll be disowned. Your life could be in danger. You could be threatened. Like they count the cost before they come to the Lord. I think so many times in, in the Western world, we don't count the cost to come to the Lord because it's like, yeah, I'll try Jesus. You know, I'll try Jesus out, see if my life goes better. Right. They're giving it this this try, but that's not how it's supposed to be. We're supposed to give our hearts to him fully, and we're supposed to die, be buried with him so that we can be resurrected with him. Amen? So the people in the Middle East, they're happy to do this. They're happy to lay, they're not integrating Jesus into their life for a better day. They're happy to lay their lives down for their master and to follow him so that they can live and have resurrection power with him, Okay. This is why Paul said this in Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 through 11. Paul said, But whatever uh, were gains to me, all, the, all my accomplishments, all these great things in my life, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and to be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and the participation of his sufferings, becoming like him in death, and so somehow to attain the resurrection from the dead. All right? The, the invitation to follow Jesus, it is an invitation for him to come in your life. Yes, he makes your life better. Yes, he provides. Yes, he protects, right? But don't forget, we're also coming to lay down our lives before him. We're not entitled to anything. We're entitled and in debt to love him. Amen? Okay? Um, in uh, 2000, um, 2019, uh, not 2019, 2009, um, I went on a missions trip to, uh, to Vietnam, 2009. I went on a missions trip to Vietnam. And uh, we met some of the people in the underground church there. And, um, you know, one of the missionaries that we were there with, they're like, as soon as they know you're a pastor, they're going to want to hear you speak. And I found out very quickly that, like, these people should be teaching me. Right? They want to they hear you speak. I'm like, what do I... After observing their lives, I was like, I have nothing to offer these people. Like, they have everything to offer me. But this was kind of funny. One of the things they would say to each other was, they would jokingly say to each other, let me help you die. Like, I want to I help you die. And they're kind of like joking that they're like Jack Kevorkian to each other. That help your old nature, that sinful nature. I want to help that thing die. Right? And um, I just love that. So, don't be entitled, don't be a victim. Okay, where am I at my notes here? Okay, <clears throat> salvation is a free gift. Salvation is a free gift that'll cost you everything. Salvation, the gospel is the good news. It's the free gift that will cost you everything. Let me ask you a question. I'll give you another illustration of this. Do you want to have a blessed marriage? I want to have a blessed marriage. Here's how you have a blessed marriage. 
Don't come to the table entitled. Is your spouse entitled? Are you entitled to whatever? Come, listen, it's important to communicate needs in a marriage, what you have and different needs, but don't come to the table entitled. Come to the table to serve and you will be radically blessed. Jesus said it is better to give than to receive, amen? Okay, entitlement leads to a bad marriage. Entitlement in any any area of your life will lead to being unhappy. I love the United States of America. I love this country. But Americans are some of the most entitled people on the planet, right? And some of the most blessed people on the planet are some of the most thankless people on the planet. We have so many things to be thankful for. Did you know that in... Um, developed countries, the suicide rate is much higher than in poor countries, in developing countries. Isn't that interesting? Countries that have so much less have less people who, seemingly less people who are unhappy. People who, the suicide rate is much higher in developed countries. One of the reasons I think this is the case is because people in developing countries, they know what they don't have and, they're, and they um, count their blessings for the things they do have. Okay, oftentimes we feel entitled to what we don't have. And they're looking at the lens of they're thankful for the little that they do have. Okay, so thankfulness is huge. And then, by the way, I'm not trying to oversimplify um, suicide and depression, those things. But I think it's interesting that we are one of the most blessed countries in the world. We're one of the most medicated countries in the world. And I'm not against medications. But we're also one of the most unhappy people in the world, okay? So entitlement leads to being a gratitude killer, okay? So don't be entitled. Don't be a victim, okay? That's point number one. Point number two, gratitude killers, jealousy, okay? Entitlement kills gratitude. Jealousy kills gratitude. Um, God actually gave us a command not to covet each other's stuff, not to wish I had and try to go after your stuff, okay? Exodus 20, 17, it says this, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant, his ox or his donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor, okay? Listen, it's not evil to desire a house. It's evil to desire your neighbor's house. It's not evil to want to have a wife. It's evil to want your neighbor's wife, right? (laughs) Amen? It's a good place for an amen. Okay. It's not evil to want a good job. It's evil to want your neighbor's job. Okay, that's covetousness. James chapter 3, I'm going to read uh, verses 13 through chapter 4, verse 3. And I love that the title of this is two kinds of wisdom. There's two kinds of wisdom here. All right. He says this, who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life. By deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Okay? Bitter envy, selfish ambition, it actually says it's it's driven by the, 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 the demonic. Okay? By demons. Verse 16, for where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every evil practice. 
every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is, first of all, pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace will reap a harvest of righteousness. Chapter 4, verse 1. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet and you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God, and when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives so that you may spend it upon your pleasures. Okay? Covetousness, jealousy, those desires for other people's stuff, it's a joy killer. It's a, um, it's a gratitude killer in your life. And it, and it will tear community apart. Okay? <clears throat> we need to be thankful for what we have and not try to covet and keep up with the Joneses for everything they have. Listen, I think we all at times deal with jealousy, comparison, right? That feeling of insecurity. We all deal with that from time to time. Let me tell you what to do with that. I've done this many times. Take that before the Lord in your, in your quiet time and wrestle through that thing with the Lord. It, listen, if you don't struggle with, with the Lord alone with that thing in your quiet time, that will manifest in your life around you. But if you can take those things, that jealousy, that envy, that comparison, if you can wrestle through that with the Lord and just, God, take this from me. God, I'm feeling this. I'm feeling this. Um, give that to him in the place of prayer, and he will deliver you from it. And he will, he will, um, your life will bear the fruit of it. He will reward you openly for taking that and dealing with it in the right way. All right? So wrestle with the Lord in that place, in the secret place. Okay. What are the gratitude killers? Number one, entitlement. Number two, jealousy. Last point, number three, insecurity. Insecurity. It's so important to know who you are in God. If you find out who he has created you to be, you'll never want to be anyone else. You'll never even be tempted to want to be anyone else if you find out the uniqueness the gifting, the calling, and the purpose he's placed on your life. Why? Because you'll be too preoccupied doing what he has before you to do than to be wrapped up in who you're not. Okay? The temptation of insecurity is real, and it will lead us to do all kinds of things that we shouldn't be doing. How did Satan tempt Jesus in the wilderness? He did it by, by trying to sow the seed of insecurity. If, 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 if you are the son of God, you should be able to do this. You should do this. If you re- are you really the son of God? You're saying you're the son of God. If you're really the son of God, you should be able to do this. Watch this. Matthew 4, verses 1 through 4. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came and said to him, came to him and said, if... You are the son of God. Tell these stones to become bread. Jesus, I know you're hungry. Tell these stones to become bread. If you're the son of God, you'll do that. You know, Jesus multiplied bread on, an, on many other occasions, right? If you're the son of God, you should be able to do this. Tell these stones to become bread. Look at how Jesus answered. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Okay, this church, this is why it's so important to know what your father says about you. Who does he say you are? 
If you find out who he says you are, you'll never want to be anyone else. If you don't live by who God says you are, you will inevitably look for other people for approval. You will inevitably live and die by what, but, by, but what, oh. You will inevitably live and die by what other people say about you. But we're supposed to live and die by what our Father says about us, the things he says about us, amen? Every word that comes from the mouth of God, we're to live by that. <clears throat> Find out what God says about you. Find out his heart for you. Find out what he thinks about you. Why? You'll be too preoccupied by the joy of walking in your assignment, by the joy of God's plan, purpose, and destiny for you to be preoccupied with wanting and to be anyone else. Amen? All right. I'll conclude with this. How do we keep an attitude of gratitude? So important this year. It's healthy for you. It's healthy for me. We need to avoid these gratitude killers. Entitlement, jealousy, and insecurity. Thankfulness has changed and revolutionized my life. It's revolutionized, revolutionized my life. When I'm going through a hard time or I'm feeling sad, I'm feeling depressed, whatever, I will, I will recite the things I'm thankful for. Let me give you, how do you get this started? If you're not a very thankful person, thank him for the littlest things. Like the littlest things. Have you ever been working out in the yard? It's a hot summer day. And, you're, and you have a nice, cold glass of water. Sometimes I'll just drink water. I'm like, I'm so thankful for water. I'm really thankful for coffee in the morning. Like, I seriously thank God for coffee in, in the morning and water on a hot day. I don't know if you know this, but clean water is like a huge problem in the world. <laughs> I think we so forget how many blessings we have. Think about this scenario. You wake up in the middle of the night... And you're like in your bed and you're just perfectly comfortable. And you're like, it's a little, it's a little too hot in here. So you get out of your bed and you turn your thermostat down one or two degrees. Think about that. And then you go, I have to go to the bathroom. So you go to the bathroom. You know, you don't even turn on the lights because you know where you are. The dirty water is just gone. You know, just you flush the toilet, it's gone. Do you even know where that water goes? Can you, tell, can you show me where the water treatment plant is in your city? And do you know where the fresh water even comes from? No, this stuff is just piped into our houses, and we're just, but yet we're so upset and think about all the things we don't have. We have so many blessings. When we're laying in our houses, and you can hear it, just the wind howling, it's snowing outside, I am so thankful that I have a home. I'm thankful I have running water, clean running water. Like, we have so many things. We are literally living like kings in this world, but we're so upset about so many things. There is so much to be thankful for. So thankfulness is just revolution. I'll start my day just thanking. Before I bring my laundry list to the Lord of all the things I need prayer for, I just thank him. God, thank you for this. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my home. Thank you for this coffee. Thank you that I can micro-adjust the thermostat on my wall here, right? Thank him for all the blessings in your life. It will make you a happier, a healthier person. Um, this is something I do. I don't know. It's a weird thing about me. But when I move into a new house, um, I always go in that house and I, I pre-thank God. Thank you, God, for the memories that are going to be made here. Thank you, God, you provided for this place for me. But what's even weirder than that is when I move out of an old house, an old apartment. I've done this most of my adult life. I'll go back into that empty place and be like, God, thank you 
that you provided for me here. That I had meals here, we made memories here. Thank you, God, for everything. You, you protected me during this, during this season. I've even done it where I move out of a storage unit, load up a truck, and I'm, I'll go back in the storage unit. God, thank you that my stuff was kept safe here. And during this season, while my stuff was sitting here, you were protecting me out in my life, and you were providing for me in my life, you know? Thankfulness. It's, do, it all, do it all the time. Thankfulness is so important. Listen, someday we're renting this space as a church, Someday we're going to get our own building. I guarantee you I'm coming back in here, and I'm going to just walk through this place. Thank you, God, that we had this place. We had this space. We had an amazing church to rent from, right? And when we, when we take some of our stuff out of here, thank you, God, that this is where City Lights Church was born, right? Thankfulness is huge. It will revolutionize your life. You'll be a happier, a healthier person. It's especially important. Listen, 2020 has been hard, undoubtedly. But if you look at, look at the course of history, this year has been much easier for all of us than most people who have lived through the last, you know, since the dawn of time. Okay, we still have so much to be thankful and blessed for. So I just want to encourage you with that today. I'm going to pray and then we'll close. Father, we love you. We thank you, God, for all of the blessings on our life, Lord. God, that we have clothes. God, that we have food. God, that we have shelter. God, that we have families, Lord. God, that we have friends, Lord God. We thank you, God, for everything you've given us. God, we choose to not be entitled Americans, Lord. We choose to be grateful and thankful for everything you have given us, Lord. We look to you now, Lord Jesus. And I just release, God, just that over this church, Lord God. Help us to understand everything we have in Jesus' name. Amen. Before we dismiss, I want to real quickly, we do this every week. At some point in the service, we always do this. I want to talk to a specific group of people. Maybe you're here and maybe you've never invited Jesus into your life to be the Lord of your life. I mentioned that salvation is a free gift, and it is. The moment a person places their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus is when that person becomes born again. It's not by cleaning yourselves up, by trying harder to be a better person that God can save you. It's by you coming before him and saying, God, save me from my sins. Save me and, and come into my heart. Transform me. Listen, the Christian life is impossible without God. The things he calls us to is impossible. But when you invite the Holy Spirit in, he will help you change. He will help you transform. All right? So I just want to give opportunity this morning. If you've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus, and you want to leave this place knowing that you've begun a relationship with the living God, I want to pray for you. And I don't need to call anyone up front, but this morning I do simply want to know who I am praying for this morning. So right where you're at, how many would say, um, yeah, that's me. I want to place my faith and trust in Jesus. Would you just stretch your hand right up where you're at and just say, yeah, I want to do that today. I'm looking for your hands and I'm looking for them right now. How many would say that's me? I want to trust Christ for salvation. I want to know Jesus. I'm going to pray. And those of you making that decision this morning, if you're watching online and you're making that decision, I want to pray. Um, everyone repeat this prayer after me. It's not in the eloquence of the words that I'm about to say, but it's the cry of the heart that God sees. So repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the son of God. Thank you for coming to this world. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Today, I place my faith and trust in you. Be my Lord, be my God. 
Help me to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on. Come on. God is good. I love serving Jesus. There's nothing like it in the world. What, would you, what else would you be doing? Nothing. You wouldn't be doing nothing. So serving Jesus is the most amazing thing in the world. He has a plan, purpose, and destiny for each of you. Thanks again for tuning into the City Lights podcast. We appreciate your support, and we'd love to fellowship with you. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. Be sure to check out our website at citylights.church, where you can submit prayer requests, receive info on special events, and find our social media links. We're glad you could join us, and we hope you have a blessed week.